With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm not finished with you, ladies and gentlemen, because we are back again for Love Podomania Episode 6, Great Balls of Fire. My name is Dan Murphy, and joining me today for this momentous pay-per-view talk of, talking is, first of all, Mr. Chris Manning. Chris, how are you? Good evening, Dan. Fine, thank you. Uh, fine, thank you. I'm uh, recovering from the effects of my debilitating man flu of last week. It's now just moved back down to a bit of a cough. So, yeah, I'm feeling absolutely chipper. Mm-hmm. Did the Great Balls of Fire warm you up somewhat? Great Balls of Fire always warm me up. It doesn't even have to be anything to do with wrestling. It always warms me up. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it. I mean, we'll talk about it in excruciating detail going forward, but uh, it's always the ones that I least expect that come back and, and surprise me. You know, the, the, the big ones are normally with a letdown. But let's have more, have more of these little piddly ones that come in between. Never mind the stupid name. I thought it was a good show, all in all. Mm-hmm. You know what? I actually don't mind the name. I don't mind how the kind of the gimmick of it the only problem is because they don't kind of go all out on sets anymore it kind of felt bland but if they had gone out you know if they had had mm. like Cadillacs and fucking outdoor cinema yeah. and proper diner or something it would have been really good but they didn't and also joining me to discuss great balls of fire and other such wrestling things is Mr. Tom Wilson Tom how are you? Hello Matt um, I'm excited to talk about this pay-per-view. I um, had a good time watching it. And when you speak about other wrestling things, I was saying to Chris before this started, uh, the WWE Network have added the um, episodes of the uh, WWE CW revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, going from 2006 to the middle of 2009. I've been watching those, and uh, it's been interesting. It's shit, but... It's from a began, is it not? Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch. So and I I'd uh, recommend... I, yeah, I remember it, because I remember... Kind of, maybe not watching it per se. I, I'm pretty sure I did, because that was my favorite like wrestling game with the ECW one, which was Mint. I think it had Punk on the cover. It might have done. And then, but you had. I remember watching something an old WrestleMania recently, and it was the ECW kind of OGs versus the new ones. Originals versus the uh, new blood, yeah. And it was fucking vampires and absolute nobodies like that. <laughs> Literally a vampire. There was that. Oh shit, I can't even remember. Was it Vampiro? Oh, I don't think Elijah Burke, Kevin Thorne, people like that. I was like, oh my days, all these lads are crap. I definitely recommend checking them out just for a morbid curiosity to say, because there is some interesting stuff in there. I might might well do. I mean, that was like literally the era I started watching it, so it was like kind of inklings and uh, like the first time I saw RVD and stuff like that. And wasn't the title like a 24 7 type thing? No, it wasn't, unfortunately. Was it the title not? did get defended at best clear for sure, though. That was like a sort of gimmick with it. They really need to do I don't know, a 24-7 title in this modern day day would be amazing, because the amount of social media... Imagine, like, be... a network title where they mm. defended it. Like, well, I just think, like, I love... the amount of Snapchat stuff and Instagram stuff and Facebook stuff and Twitter stuff and fucking all the streaming stuff they do and all the online stuff they have, a 24-7 title means so much, because a 24-7 title back in day meant... Oh, somebody could lose it backstage at an event or whatever, you'd get a video. Now you could literally have a title mm-hmm. change whenever and actually watch it in real time and stuff. And I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, it could, like, it could like send a notification to your phone saying, like, so-and-so's about to defend their title or mm-hmm. something like that. I was just like, oh... You need to trademark that idea, boys. That's superb. It just it makes so much sense. But anyway, speaking of titles that are flailing, we started Great Balls of Fire on the pre-show with Neville versus Takira... What's his name? Akira Tazawa <laughs> for the Cruiserweight title. And sadly, because it was a pre-show, I actually didn't watch this because I didn't have time. I've seen the highlights. I've seen big Akira's amazing senton, which seems to be kind of his signature move now. Never, I thought the ending from what I saw looked a little, just a little kind of 
underwhelming with just a kick being enough, but I like how Neville is absolute power as Tom, and I like how the reign continues. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Obviously, um, it was handicapped due to it being on the pre-show, and it was near the end of the pre-show as well, so they kind of had to <clears throat> make it tight. The finishing was confusing, uh, but I reckon if these two lads had a solid pay-per-view match on the main card, they could really tear the house down. Oh, and I'm hoping that's why they're going, because it seems like they're going to continue the feud, mm. which I guess they have to, because with the um, the de- departure of Austin Aries, they don't really have mm. well, you another credit. Yeah, they don't really have another credible contender yeah, at the moment, I other had, than Sazawa. I had saved it for, for later on the show, but as you say, Austin Aries has gone, Chris, one of your favourites from Preston City Wrestling. What do you reckon to him leaving? I thought he was doing a really good job in the Cruiserweight division. He was like kind of the, yeah. star, the star power with Neville, but obviously he was feeling pigeonholed, and it's a, I think it's a damning indictment of what the Cruiserweight division's become under WWE stewardship. I can fully understand his, his frustration because what else what else can you do if you're fighting with a champion? If you're not doing that, then you you know I'm dar, aren't you? You're doing absolutely nothing. Um, I would like to put um, a little name forward though, and I, I've said this without even knowing what he weighs. Um, somebody that's got nowhere else to go on the main roster, but could light it up in that Enzo. Yeah, I'd stick Enzo in there personally. Absolutely, he's just going to get the shit kicked out of him every, every week. He's got nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Stick Enzo in there and, and make it relevant again. Were you on the last podcast when we discussed this? Were you not? Yes, yeah, is this not the one that we started and it got knacked off? It might well have been. Oh, yeah, it might have been. Um, but I absolutely, I absolutely steal all my ideas from places like this, so don't worry about that if it's been spoken about before. I skipped the, pre- the pre-show, to be honest, so I didn't see this match, so I'll leave my comments about Akira Tozawa and uh, Neville at, uh, at talking about Enzo instead, cause something that I do know a little bit about. We'll, we'll get to that in good time, all good time. Shut up. We'll get to that all in good time. But, um, Tom, what do you think of Aries leaving? Um, I mean, Aries has never really wowed me. I've kind of always been a little bit underwhelmed by him. And um, apparently he had, he had a bad bat- <coughs> bad attitude backstage mm-hmm. due to him being sort of pigeonholed, I think he put it, in the um, Cruiserweight division. Which, is, it made sense, because, you know, um, I've, I've had this criticism of the, um, the division in the past. It limits... Like world class talents to only one title, yeah. which is the cruiserweight title, and they can't be going after world titles because they're sort of secluded in that division, which is kind of shit. And there's uh, not enough for them to even have something like a tag belt, is there? Anything like yeah, that? Really? Exactly. It's, not, it's um, there's not enough of them. It should be like a soft division rather than a hard division, like mm-hmm. it used to be. The problem is they're not allowed to. And we've said it numerous times. They're not allowed to actually do cruiserweight stuff. It's just WWE light. They're not allowed to go flipping all the time. They're not allowed to be completely different because in order to they don't want to take the shine away from the actual stuff especially when all the main event normal guys can do flips and shit anyway and yeah. as you say they're just putting everyone down I must say I think our lad Big Noam despite being given kind of a lot of shite to deal with he's and 2055 is actually good I mean it's crap because bit of a contradiction all the stadiums are always empty for it and it's echoey but the, sto- the stories they do and kind of the feuds they have are some of the most interesting and um kind of unique and like kind of complete I guess that WWE actually doing and the no one dar stuff at the minute now I know he's been kind of tethered to Alicia Fox but he he dumped her on uh, the latest episode and it was kind of he started off kind of getting the yes chance because he got rid of her and then he was so scathing as he just ripped into it that he actually got double down booze so he's doing good stuff mm. now um, apparently Big Vinny loves him Hopefully we have a bright future for our lad, but what I want to ask you, Chris, what do you reckon about Titus and the Titus brand at the minute, worldwide? Um, it's something I'm really keen to be part of, to be honest. Um, <laughs> something that I'm very, very keen on, on associating with LLV as well. I think it'd be, it'd be good to us <laughs> to get that international recognition. Um, you know, Titus brand presents sign of We I think we can only go one way, and that's the very, very top. The first match on the main card, I think, couldn't have been a more underwhelmed start. It was Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt. And I skipped this completely, Chris, because I don't know why they're fighting. I don't know what the point of this feud is. Bray's just talking bullshit for the past four months with no kind of reason. He's won this match, and he won the follow-up on Monday, um, which was actually kind of nice to see for a change. But, I mean, it's just two lads that are really good to have been put together because they've got fuck all else to do. And it's got no fire in it. The match was a raw match at best. And it was just completely just a really damp squib to start the event, Chris. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
I turned around and said to the missus when we were watching it, because she's a Seth Rollins girl, I can't remember ever seeing him being first on a pay-per-view. And, uh, and I think that really told its own story. It was just there to give him something to do for the Seth Rollins fans to tune in and watch, because probably the fucking other reason for them to turn in and watch, was there? Mm-hmm. Waste of time. Absolute waste of time. Um, I would have Rollins go for the IC belt, personally, make things a bit interesting for him and, and for the person with the IC belt at the same time. Uh, but at the same at the same period, you know, he's got no direction. He's got absolutely nothing else going for him, has he? Yeah. Well, it certainly seems like all just a big yeah. As we have yeah, Dorsey is a bit a bit underwhelming at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, as it mixes with another underwhelming match, the Miz and Ambrose kind of carried on their feud on Monday Night Raw. We'll talk about the match mm-hmm. in a bit, but you know, Rollins came out. Ambrose had none to, nothing to do with him. He was like, I don't trust you, which is finally a bit of continuity in WWE's part, Tom. But um, could we? Getting you know, all Rollins going for this Miz feud, I reckon that could be good. That could have fire, especially with Miz needs something new. Maybe Ambrose heel turn. So, do you think the future could be brighter for Rollins after this um, kind of non-event? Well, I just wanted to talk about the feud a little bit first. The Wyatt feud. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fairly sure it's it started over the cover of WWE 2K18 because obviously no Rollins is on the cover of that, and Wyatt for some reason took issue. No way. So th- this not. this could be this could be flawed information I don't watch Raw but I've seen people say that this is what the feed is about and also we all know where this feed is going to go we all know it's going to, how it's going to end Rollins is going to win all of the blocks blo- why it's going to look although, like Chibroni again although I fully expected a bit of 50-50 booking on Monday Night Raw and we didn't get it with that's Wyatt, true yeah. Wyatt winning again so it's one of those isn't it you know I think we do, I agree with you the way it's going to go but if they can throw a few curveballs in there between now and then, I won't be completely dissatisfied. Maybe just a little bit dissatisfied. I think this feud's over, eh? I think Bray's won it. And I don't know what he's going to do now. Maybe goes to Finn or something, since he's got a fuck all on at the minute. But yeah, it was a... He got completely bumped. He got completely bumped from the balls of fire, didn't he? He did. I don't know. You can't get everyone on all the time. And, you know, Finn's been doing this thing with Elias Sampson. Plus he's, he's really shit at the same time. Dad, shut up. He's not shit at all. Um... Hopefully he can get something. I completely disagree. The f- second match on the show was Big Cass, who absolutely destroyed Enzo Tom, uh, and it was the right kind of way to go about this, wasn't it? Um, I wasn't actually expecting this match to actually take place at all because this match has had barely three weeks of build, and it's sort of like a beloved tag team breaking up. You think they'd give it? bit more pomp and circumstance before they just dive into a match, but they did, which I was surprised about. Um, obviously, Big Cass was always going to squash Enzo. I don't think we had any real um, d- illusions about that. Uh, did, have you lads heard about the um, heat that Enzo and Cass I apparently have backstage? I've just read about yeah. it. No, enlighten me. Enlighten me. Um, I'll, well, basically, Enzo apparently went on a rant about the business on the, on the coach. And apparently the, the boys and like the wrestlers and that took issue with it. Big and Roman Reigns, of all people, yeah, kicked him off the bus and gave him the mistreatment, which basically means uh, they made him dress outside and not in the locker room. And uh, Cass has heat because he's a, apparently a huge vocal Trump supporter. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, apparently that, that annoys people. Well, it's his yard after all, I suppose, isn't it? But That's true. He's free, free to do what he wants. Now he's the, he's the owner of the yard, got the keys. Yeah, it's very true. But yeah, I didn't expect that because I, I, I would have just um, I imagined Enzo and Cass being really well liked backstage, so that kind of took me by surprise. It's weird. I remember listening to them on the Austin, on the Austin podcast, and they were really, really personable, and you know, and they were they were funny, and they told a good story about their career yeah. and what have you like that. So I'm surprised, but then again, you know, I suppose a bit of fame goes might go to someone's head, mightn't it? I reckon Enzo might be pissed off at the minute. You can see with his promos how passionate he is. I think he knows that he's kind of getting fucked over, you know. He's the one. He doesn't want his tag team breaking up because they're a merch machine, and now he's got fuck all. There, he's probably going to go to the cruiserweights as a disgust after getting battered for a bit. He, um, yeah. And like Tom, as Tom said before about the you know the, the breakup not really giving too much treatment. I just think they're so physically mismatched that there's no point really doing more than more build up than this because mm, it's only going to delay what we already know, and well, that is with it ending like it, it ended on Sunday. I like. I must admit, I think Enzo's promos in this have been absolutely incredible. Like, mm. genuinely, like, really? fucking, um, kind of goosebumps stuff. And I like how he's been taking the fight too. Cassie hasn't backed down now. We all know he has to get battered and that's how it has to go. But, you know, obviously Big Show got involved on Raw. 
uh, maybe he can carry on in that kind of way, but it has to be, end up being where kind of Cass goes over Big Show like Braun does, and then he gets propelled towards the top. He talks about the title on Raw after coming out. I think he came out. I think he opened Raw. If I'm not mistaken. He did. He did. What, what do we think of his new music, by the way? Um, it definitely seems like placeholder to me. I don't think about his new music at all. To fair. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you what it sounds well, like, and I've watched the pay-per-view like three times at this point. To be, to be honest with you, I, I've got nothing else in my brain at the minute apart from Lana's music. I actually, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's narrating my life. I can't even walk down the street without humming it, so I've got no space in my life for any different team music at the minute apart from Lana's. It is a pretty nifty tune, to be fair. It's one of the best theme tunes I think I've heard in the last ten years. It's a shame that it's hers. But anyway, I thought, I'm, interest, I'm still interested with this stuff. I'd like to see where it goes, and I hope Enzo does land on his feet because I still think, especially with how he's gone now, he obviously not ability wise, but but in terms of actually kind of star power and being able to do good promos, he could be the one mm-hmm. for two or five lives to at least get more popularity. He could he needs to stop doing that thing though where he lies there with his eyes open staring up at the ceiling because that gives me the willies every single time I see that. <laughs> he's a good seller, man. He takes mad bumps. And oh, he is. He, he is. It's crazy. That one he took from Cast throwing him at the ring was brutal. He just sort of put his arms out at the side and just let himself fall. It's absolutely mental. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks level of stupidity in taking bumps. That. Yeah, she, she's going to die. But anyway, speaking mm. of hard hitters, Sheamus and Cesaro beat the Hardys in an Iron Man match, which was, I don't know, for me, for this type of match, I kind of skipped to the last 10 minutes where it got interesting and. Um, although I thought what was interesting about it is that they did do the falls kind of in a different order to try and change things up and kept it a bit interesting, Chris. Um, and it was mm. it had it still look good because they had a pin, obviously, but it just wasn't quite enough. And apart from a couple of mistakes here and there, I thought this was pretty pretty good match, really. Agreed. Um, although I did the same, I, I went and did the washing up to be honest for the first fifteen minutes and came back when it was three one. <laughs> that was how, that's how much story I've heard. and that's nothing to do with the, the four people on display because I think they've, done, they've made you know a real good fist of this uh, of this feud because going into it I was a bit eh, but I think it's ended up being pretty decent um, I think Cesaro and uh, Sheamus have come out of it really well um, and I think the Hardys as well because even after the initial pop after WrestleMania I thought they were starting to calm down a little bit and obviously they're just waiting for this court case to be over and, and so on mm. um, which we might talk about more later I don't know. Um, but I thought the structure of the match was really good. I, I, it made sense. Um, you know, it made me laugh at the end when Cesaro tripped over the cameraman's um, trailing wire and almost fucked up the final uh, the final spot. But it all it all went out quite well. I think it might mean the, it's going to mean the blow off for them. Obviously, as we've, as we've seen on Monday night, um, and where where they go from here, I don't know. Cesaro yeah. and Shane. But uh, all in all, I thought it was solid. Mm-hmm. Cesaro and Shane are actually on Jerry Cross podcast this week, and the Shane is right. so funny. He's such a good laugh. And uh, they're mm. quite interesting together. I say you are right there. I don't know what they're going to do next because there's no other face tag teams apart from Slater and Rhino, no. which don't really count. I mean, a revival as well. Well, a revival of heel as they come. And as I was going to say, you mm-hmm. mentioned the court case on Raw. They lost to get well, They lost to the club. The club battered the Hardys, and then the revival came out and battered the Hardys, especially battering Matt Hardy's head quite considerably. So could they be broken? I hope so. Um, they need to sort of fully embrace those characters if they're um, not going to do a Dudley's run circa 2015 to 2016. Um, going back to the match, I did not enjoy this match. I thought it was very, very disappointing. Why is that? I enjoyed the first sort of 15 minutes because it was like building up the scores and stuff like that going into the final stretch. But they, I, I feel like they botched the last of the match. They... So, a lot of stuff did, just didn't go right for them. It was very confusing. Matt got busted the fuck open, which oh, massively. Like, they played off of on Raw, which was alright. Um, but yeah, this match, I put it out on Twitter before the match started. I was like, this is either going to be the match of the night or it's going to be underwhelming. And unfortunately, it was the latter. Uh, okay. it's Controversial. So In my you, opinion, I, I reckon if you kind of skipped kind of the middle bit, where it kind of dragged a bit because it was a half an hour match. It kind of skipped to the kind of obviously if you didn't like that you knew it because it was kind of bought, um, you know botched as you say. But no, I kind of liked it. I liked how it kind of felt you know, last gasp, kind of like a more like a football match type thing where the clock's running out and you've got to do it last minute. I did yeah, like it's like it. a corner, an injury time or something. Isn't it? You know, I thought it worked. It worked quite well. I liked it. 
But I think we need to stop seeing these. I said they fought each other like five times now. I think we need yeah. to. Hopefully, I don't know. See, I just don't know what Sheamus and Cesaro are going to do because there's no one else. At least, at least, unless they like literally bring in or make a new tag team or bring someone in. But like, there's no face tag teams in NXT either. So, God knows what they're going to do. But show the fight. Big show and Enzo. That's what we're going to get. Keep Slater in right now, mate. <laughs> oh, anyway. anyway, Tom, speaking of things you don't like, Sasha Banks had a great match with Alexa Bliss and I think she proved why she is so good and reminded us all after kind of a couple of months doing nothing like that she is very, very good. Yeah, I enjoyed this match. Sasha was alright. Uh, she did take one particularly dangerous da- uh, bump to the outside, yeah. if I remember correctly. Which kind of, you know, proved <laughs> what I've been saying, that she gets over by nearly fucking killing herself. Um, I thought Alexa was brilliant, as always. She did that arm spot, which I always like. It's a weird one, because uh, she's already done it before. So She didn't. She did it on just, like, a random Smackdown. Yeah, though. she did against Becky, I think. But, like, I remember, like, now I've seen it, like, I'm not going to get filled by that again. The first time, I was like, oh, shit, that's ugly. But, like, yeah, the first time it happened, I thought it was a shoot. I thought it was real. Mm-hmm. I think... It's really cool, it's a really cool move, but it's like, it's one of them that needs to not be done again for like, at least like eight months now, or people... Yeah, like she needs to um, spare her when she does it, because it'll just lose its luster. Mm-hmm, but yeah, again, I think, I think it's telling that all of, like, Alexa and Bailey and so many, and Charlotte and so, Becky probably, and so many people's best matches all come against Sasha. Mm, that's because Sasha is good at selling, I will give her that. I will give Sasha that, she is good at selling. Mm-hmm. Even if that selling is near suicidal at times. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but, um, there was another kind of out finish, Chris. We had one of them in the last pay per view with the Usos uh, kind of running away from. Uh, I can't remember who it was. What was the tag team? New Day, New, of course. New, New Day. Day, yeah. So, what what do you think to the finish and then Sasha absolutely battering her in the aftermath of it? Yeah, I think I was reading something about these two being all like sworn enemies away from the pitch. So, I think that's quite interesting. I, there's a few sort of snug shots in there that I enjoyed. There was definitely, but I've got absolute... there was definitely a stamp at the end, like Sasha mm-hmm. stamped around or something, and the looked like she was fuming with it. Yeah, there was a kick out, wasn't there, at uh, whoever one, whichever one it was. But I've got no problem with this sort of finish, because it's indicative of the storytelling, and it's got to be done. So yeah, I've, I've done no problem with it whatsoever. I like it. I think it's, uh, it's different. We don't see it that often. I know you just said that we've seen it twice in two weeks, but apart from that, it's good. I've got no issue with it whatsoever. I think uh, the more things that you can do that are out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. the better. And I think it just leads to a bit of uncertainty. And given it's a scripted show, at the end of the day, anything that you can do to surprise the audience is worthwhile. I know a few people get pissed off. We're the same people that didn't understand why they did the title change at a house show. Not, their opinions aren't really worth thinking about. <laughs> All the good time. Um, another match that I completely skipped in this was Ms. V. Ambrose for the a millionth time, Chris. Mm. Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I did. I certainly did. I mean, uh, Ambrose is his fucking diabolical self as always. Um, but it's nice to see him lose. So yeah, I was quite content with that. I, I expected something to happen with Maurice because my missus who watches it with me has got it in her head that Maurice is pregnant. That's why they brought in these other these other two to help him out. But there she was taking, uh, getting involved at the same time. So who knows? Who knows? I keep thinking they were going to try and sideline her, hence and bringing in these two, these two sidekicks. Um, I'm. Big fan of them is. I think his ring work's always been the same. It's always been sort of six and a half, seven out of ten. But his stuff on the microphone, either side of the show, is just absolutely perfect as usual. Mm-hmm. Big fan. What do you think to this, Tom? I mean, we had, we talked about it in the last podcast how we're happy that Bo and Curtis have got stuff on, and I'm very happy that they have. And these could be a tag team that could go against Sheamus and Zara, maybe. I know the heels, but you know, heel v heel works these days. But I'm happy that they've got stuff to do, and I think that. I think they're doing funny stuff with uh, the Miz, and like, while I still love the Miz's work, this feud needs to end. Yeah, yeah um, Bo and Curtis fit this role like a glove. This mm-hmm. feud definitely needs to end, though. It's tiring at this point. Like, I love the Miz, but fucking hell, lads. This has been with this happened on SmackDown as well. Yeah, that feud went on for too long as well. So, yeah, they, they just need to separate these two because while the matches are serviceable. It's just the same shit every month, isn't it? Yeah, you can't reinvent the wheel that many times. It's pointless. Mm-hmm. Even though 
Miz's Mizzy Awards and Monday Night Raw was were quite funny. And like I said, I, did you see? Did you catch Curtis Axel on um, Raw talk after it? I know I only saw that they highlighted this specifically, but no, I didn't. He's really good, man. He's such a, like a passionate talker. I remember a couple of weeks ago, or oh, a month ago, this at this point, he was in his hometown and he was he went on he went on and on like really passionately about his dad. And how he wanted to do him proud and everyone proud, and he had the crowd probably going for him. And someone came out and just barred him in like a second. It's like, mm. mate, just give people something, man. And but yeah, Curtis, huh. Curtis is like Titus in that way that if you if you give him something that he cares about, he can knock mm. it out of the park. And I think they're doing very well now. It's basically just yeah. the characters from that movie they did with him is, and and I think it's pretty funny. It works for me. I'm, I'm down with it. Now, let's get to the. The two proper matches, the the ones that put great into the balls of fire. First of all, we have Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns in an ambulance match. Yes, and that was only did. half the story. Because <laughs> after said match, Roman Reigns literally tried to kill Braun Strowman by fucking putting him in an ambulance and reversing him into a truck. I mean, man. It's brilliant. It I was, loved it. I'm all of this. It was superb. I mean, I think my highlight is, will always be now. There will never be a wrestling moment that beats Roman Reigns doing a spear on nobody into an empty oh ambulance through the open door. And then his moody acting as he was there driving this truck, you know, suspiciously giving enough time as to see a pair of heels leaving the back of it. But all in all, I, I, this whole thing, it might have had a bit of this daft moment from time to time, but I absolutely loved it. This was my, uh, my, my joint highlight of the whole show. Really, really, really good. It was amazing. Um, Braun just continues his absolute his absolute uh, dominance of everything, and if he's not champion within twelve yeah. months, I'll be astonished. I'll be astonished. But when they were fucking spending ages to open that door, did anybody else think they'd open it and Braun would just be stood there and he'd just run? Yeah, I wanted. I mm, I thought, that would be amazing, mate. I thought they were going to give it us so much, and I'd have popped like a motherfucker. I was like, please, but they didn't. Have, and I don't know. I mean, it's probably probably more realistic, and they were trying to go for that. Oh my god, he just did this off the script, and we didn't expect this. And you know, probably putting the serious voice on. I still think they did a good job of making him look like a badass. Because he obviously he walked away on his own accord. Yeah, yeah. And that look and that, with the blood. Oh, yeah, that shot when he looked back—that was <coughs> badass. I love that. He, but yeah, it's moments baby, like that. He's, he's the biggest baby face in the company. Absolutely. Yeah, it's moments like this to make you feel like a kid again watching it. Like, it's like gladly suspended my disbelief while watching that, mm-hmm. and I loved every second of it. In our second podcast, as we talked about WrestleMania, we talked about Reigns quite extensively about if he's a heel, is he first? But he's a heel after this. He has to be. He can only be. A yeah, there's a big thing going around there. It's a double turn, but. Yeah, I, exactly. I thought double term was on the cards, but you can't get much more heelish than attempted murder. I mean, fuck's sake! <laughs> it's incredible. It's I think I really. I I don't know if they actually. Is a heel in the book, but I feel like what we're entering now is like an age when people will just be the characters they are. So we have Brock, we have Joe, we have Braun, we have uh, Roman. At least at the top of the card, at least at the very top, we'll just have people be who they are, and then who, if they're liked or disliked, it doesn't matter. They'll just be yeah. that, and it doesn't matter what the reactions are. If you get me, it's absolutely. Really- in this in this social media age, and we've spoken about it before, when you've got people. Um, like Bray Wyatt who plays his character and then there's absolutely fucking nothing to protect it online or anything like that on social media I don't think you can be so so precious about things like kayfabe anymore it just doesn't exist mm, definitely and you get no point spending two weeks building up how Bray Wyatt's an evil god you know eats worlds and then there's a picture of him helping Roman Reigns move house on Twitter you know it's fucking it don't make any sense whatsoever but the best just to ignore it I think going forward yeah, and it makes me laugh when you get all these old pros saying how KFAB's not alive when they're all the ones with podcasts fucking writing about exactly. how it's, it's, you know what the business is like and revealing everything. Like you should, <laughs> the curtains never, funny. the curtains never been as pulled back as it is now. So I mean, yeah, you've got to just go along with it. Think, not gonna, nothing's going to change. But if WWE and if you look at like indie wrestling does, kind of know, be more kind of aware that everyone's aware I know they have to kind of they have much more of a kid audience so they still have to play up the realism a lot more but if you played up kind of the knowingness a bit more mm. I think it'd get a lot more people interested because like everyone goes watching it whoever you you go to an indie show like you know it's obviously fake but you like 
you get wrapped up in it, and then you get people who make references and stuff, and it's funny, and it's 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 interesting. But they, they're in a halfway house because they don't present it legitimately like New Japan does. When that is, it might be wrestling, but by Christ, they knock seven shades of shit out of each other. But they, then, so they don't go legitimate, but they don't go completely silly. They're somewhere in like a crossroads, and it's a weird one. But Tom, yeah, Tom, what do you reckon to all this debate and all this heel and face shenanigans and whatnot? Yeah, the heel and face dynamic is very gradually becoming outdated, and I wonder if it'll even be around in 10 or 15 years' time. Um, But yeah, um, it's... Have any of you watched Raw? Yes. How was Mm -hmm, Roman acting during Raw? Sorry, sorry, sorry. How was was Roman acting during Raw? Right. He, He came out when Brock was out, um... And then he demanded his match at SummerSlam. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I remember. Yeah. And he was kind of like, "Oh, give me the match," and but he, he lost last night. And then yeah, and then then stood back when uh, Joe yeah. came out to and interrupt he just gave him. Smarky comment, like smart ass comments. Yeah. Who like it's like you've never won and stuff like this, and just being like a smart ass, and he was still being a dick. And I mean, this we'll talk about it now. This whole segment with Joe Brock. And Roman, and hopefully Braun next week if he comes involved, because the rumours are very interesting. I it's inevitable. It's got to be done. I thought Joe, we'll, we'll get onto it in a bit, but Joe was absolutely incredible in this. Paul Heyman was, he, Brock finally got on the mic. He was good. He said, I'm, He was really good. He said, I love it when Brock gets on the mic. He, I absolutely he, love it. He told Roman that he doesn't deserve shit, and it was like, it was yeah. brilliant. And it was all really good. And Roman, he said, he's just being himself now. And I think, I'll tell you what, I just wish they'd really pull the trigger, let him be the monster heel he could easily be, and stick him with the Usos, man, because the Usos heel are amazing, and that could be an amazing stable, like, permanently, I think. Bring back the bloodline. Too right. Mate, the bloodline and the club stuff was great, and if you did it proper like this, I'd be well into it, 100%. I think it's great. I agree. I think Roman is a brilliant wrestler, just, and he's getting much, his character's getting a lot more kind of Get me, it's not getting annoying that he's being presented as this kind of golden boy until he wins at Mania, obviously. But it's just all so interesting. And this feud, it's easily the feud of the year, Braun v. Roman, and I want to see, I kind of want to see him fight again. I want to see him fight, literally fight forever. I could quite happily have these two in, in conjunction over the next few years, just constantly getting to scratch each mm-hmm. other for no reason. I mean, Punjabi prison match, I'd be all over that. We'll talk about that later as well, but fuck that. But yeah, is there any, any particular highlights from the Braun Roman match you want to talk about, Tom? Kurt Angle's reactions were fantastic. Oh, Jamie Noble, who I only just realised was the guy from the security with Rollins. <laughs> Jamie Noble cheering the fucking <laughs> the rescue team on, like he was a fucking cheerleader. Was fucking I loved it when they fantastic. fucking when they got that big tool out and Michael Cole was like, "That's the jaws of life." And I was like, Christ alive. <laughs> Just get the keys, mate. It's a door. Oh, man. It was all amazing. Absolutely loved it. Just so over the top, but legitimate and fun. Oh, man. It was all great. And then we got the main event. Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar. And Wait, 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 wait. You've you've skipped over a huge match there, mate. I have. (laughs) Heath Slater's first ever pay-per-view singles victory, baby. What a win, you know, apparently a Canadian destroyer off the top rope to seal the win. What a, what a match-up for the lads. Listen, in 20 years, when, you, when your kids are asking you, what, what was wrestling like back in the day? Give me some of, mm. some of the biggest highlights. We'll be talking about this one, lads. Yeah, Heath Slater's match while the ambulance was going on. That was absolutely highlight of the whole evening. Totally. They started with the cut screen and then they just took the match off. And then to we... be fair, though, if I'm being completely serious, this idea of like hastily putting a match on whilst they're dealing with a backstage situation gave it a nice, real feeling. It did. Mm, it's a very, really good idea. very carny of it, isn't it? It did it a it. little bit, but it didn't at the same time because the match had finished anyway. Like it, it was confusing at first, but I mean, I didn't mind I think it. about it. It was good. It was just, it was, I feel good for Heath getting the victory. Fair play, right. dude. I hope he comes out at some point. He's like, I'm going to win on a pay per view. I'm going to title match again. Because I tell you what, he had a title match with the Miz the other week, and that was really good. Heath Slater is pretty good when he's given a go, and yeah, not too bad at all. But as I was saying, 
we got the main event, Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar took more bumps in this match than he has done since I've been watching Tom. He went for a table, he got hit, he got in the clutch loads, he sold for Joe, he made Joe look brilliant, and Joe, as we all wanted, just just regardless of what we thought of the ending, Joe came out of this a million dollars, and he's now, I think, solidified as a main event, a main event star after kind of a bit of a lukewarm start to the main roster. Yeah, Joe just look, looks like an absolute fucking killer, doesn't he? And it's so nice when Brock cares about a feud, because you can tell he cares about this one. Mm-hmm. He's not just like turning up for the paycheck, having a two-minute match, and then dipping for a few months. He, you can tell he's actually into this one. And apparently, according to the dirt sheets, he's, re- he's really happy with Joe. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. And yeah, they've like bonded see. over this feud. It's great to see. And I think Joe was really brought... I've always loved Joe's... Uh, in NXT, I always loved Joe's kind of... Uh, Promos, maybe even more than his match in NXT. I feel like he has kind of, you know, kind of like an American preacher type oh, yeah. voice, kind of really grand, and his vernacular can be very kind of the way. Like he said, I remember his NXT one. The NXT promos was, "I am not a righteous man." And I was like, "That is such a badass line," and just everything he was coming up with um, on Raw, he was like to Heyman. You save, you know, you you escape me to Brock, and he's like, you just you're just scared that your client's going to lose to me. Uh, he's looking a million dollars, Chris. Definitely, it's, it's really good to see, and, and I was so happy the way that it went down because you again, like Tom said, you can tell when he cares and when he wants to be participating in something. Not like when he fought Ambrose at WrestleMania the year before, and you could tell he didn't give a shit. It lasted about ten minutes, and he just beat him up and left, and it was, it was pointless. So something like this, when he's putting his all into it, is is far more interesting and makes for a better better spectacle. And that start was perfect. It was absolutely beautiful when he he, he clock, call, clocked him. Yeah, before the bell started, took him outside and, and put him through the table, etc. Heyman sold it as well perfectly. Um, I just thought the whole thing from start to finish was great. Mm. And yeah, there's no way now they can push Joe out of the picture. And this four way business that's coming up soon, mm. it's the right thing to do, I think, because it, it gives him his reward. It also gives him his chance to uh, to show what he can do, and who knows, maybe even walk over a sneak surprise victory. I absolutely love it. I think kind of the most important thing to this was that Joe, he didn't get kind of battered, he didn't get um, absolutely killed. He lost. He didn't really. He got caught out, which kind of happens, you know. Brock kind of escaped and then just did him in, and that was that. He felt kind of a lot more legitimate. So I thought he felt because of kind of its shorter. I know it, in wrestling terms, it felt a little kind of abrupt because he just lost after one F5 when other people have kicked out after several. Mm. So it kind of did feel a little sucker punch to join that sense. But I think if you look at it as a kind of more of a fight, which it pretty much was, it kind of like he sucker punched him, caught him out of nowhere. And that was that. And, you know, that's what happens in kind of real scraps. And, you know, Joe, after the match, he was, he wasn't defeated. He was like angry and going out for vengeance. I thought, I thought uh, in the moment it was a little, oh, I really wish that could have gone on longer because it was class, but kind of in hindsight, it was kind of clever. I look at it from this perspective. I look at it from the fact of Joe was fighting basically all match and he fought himself out. So that means that the one F5 did him in because he was just keeping it, keeping it up all match mm-hmm. and just wearing himself out because he just wanted to, wanted to win so badly. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite pleased with it, to be honest. I think, you know, finish your moves, call finish your move for a reason. I'm quite happy with one, just one F5 finishing him off. Uh, for the reasons that Tom said, you know, he's, he fought himself into a corner so hard. Yeah, it's only right, I think, that one should finish him off. So whilst I, I see where you're coming from, Dan, with what's happened in the past, I think in, in the context of the match, it made perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I liked it. And hopefully, as we said, well, we may as well go straight into kind of... Well, what, what do we think of Great Balls of Fire overall, Tom? Solid, very solid pay per view. I agree. For a B, I think there's a couple of dubs that I just skipped, and that kind of it, it definitely proves your enjoyment if you just skip the shite ones. Like Money in the Bank, I just skipped Ginger and Norton. So, I, I, you know, the show was good to me. But for a B tier, I think it's. I said that for the Money in the Bank, actually, as well. But I think, still, I think this, for a B tier, it's definitely very good. And Raw is quite easily for me the better show at the minute. But what do you think of the show overall, Chris? Sorry, you say that again, mate, broke up a bit then. Oh, sorry, what do you think of the Great Balls of Fire overall? Yeah, I thought, as I said at the start, it's something different, very fresh, 
and as a result, I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely one of the more enjoyable ones since uh, since WrestleMania, if not the most enjoyable one since. Mm-hmm. Well, we move on to Raw, and again, it was another good episode with stuff that's interesting, and um, it's good to see where stuff's going. The main highlights of saying it looks as if well, Roman, uh, Joe, and Brock, as we discussed, all had a confrontation. I think Heyman and did really well, as did uh, Big Joe. And it, it all rumours point to a four-way between uh, Joe, Braun, Roman and Brock at SummerSlam and I'm salivating at the thought of I would really like that. Um, that would be amazing. I don't think they'll do Joe versus Brock again. At least not um, for SummerSlam. They could do that in the future though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I really wouldn't mind a four-way. Mm-hmm. That's all. So that would be brilliant. You excited for this, Chris? Yeah, makes perfect sense to me. I'm looking forward to seeing it already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, elsewhere, you know, on, on Raw, Finn beat uh, Elias Sampson, so hopefully he'll go on to different stuff now. And I think most underwear... Yeah, like 205 Live, for example. Don't. Absolutely don't. But I think the only bad thing for Raw this week for me was the gold dust in our truth. It had so much potential, and I feel like they've just flubbed it. They've not given it on, in a match, they haven't given it kind of the attention and grandeur it deserved, Sam, and it's kind of felt underwhelming. Yeah, I was surprised to not at least see that match on the pre-show for Great Balls of Fire. I, I don't know why, why they've given all of this sort of like backstage stuff and you know grandiose to it if they're not just gonna if they're just gonna blow it off on Raw. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense. But then again, that is in keeping with <laughs> how they sell the golden truth when they were tags in. So I guess it's consistent in that sense. Definitely. Hopefully we get more soon. And finally on Raw, um, there's lots of stuff between Kurt Angle and Corey Graves and text Boy, messages. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. As the show ended, we got talk we got to see Kurt Angle on the phone telling them that he's going to reveal all next week. Not to worry. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And I love you. And I'm sure you've all heard the rumours. Dixie Carter. I, I don't believe the rumours. Do you not? Well, for no, TNA owner, I've got my own theory. has been working with WWE. She was in, the, according to these two gentlemen, the excellent Kurt Angle documentary. And the rumours are that Kurt has been having an affair with Dixie Carter and one wrestler who has an American-themed attire would be his illegitimate son. That seems like something out of the night is. I really hope it isn't true, but it could be funny nevertheless. What do you think it is, Tom? Well, you mentioned the um, the wrestler with the <clears throat> American theme gear. I think he'll be Jason Jordan as the, the love child, if okay. you will. But yeah, I don't think this I don't think it'll bring Dick Scott this in. I think audience needs to be a bit more exposed to Dick Scott before they bring her in. Do you have any theory? I, I, I definitely think it'll be Jason John, without a doubt, because they've kept him off SmackDown, and I don't think he's injured, so I think you, it would make he's sense. Not been seen, and they've been showing Gable a lot on his own. He was in SmackDown this week, and a little brief appearance. He had a match, a great match of AJ Styles the week before. It's interesting. I don't know. Another potential uh, kind of. Uh, no, that's absolutely not. Maybe Jordan, I don't know. What do you think to all this, Chris? I think it's interesting that we're getting week to week storytelling again, and it's. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And again, we got all back to having something fresh and different. I've got three options for you. You've already said Dixie Carter, so that's the obvious one. Uh, Stephanie no, is my outside favourite. Um, to, to set Triple H and thingy, Bob yeah. up, yeah. Uh, or um, my secret third option, uh, Corey Graves is Kurt Angle's, is Kurt Angle's son. Why would you bring Corey Graves during the show? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but you know, how else would you expect it? I would just, I would say, like you know, WWE lol. So there's every chance it could be Corey Graves, or you might be bringing back some like Hornswoggle. I'm just trying oh, to think right. of. If you're talking about Jason Jordan, that's interesting. Obviously, the, the, the amateur wrestling angle. I was thought you were going to say Chad Gable first of all, um, only because I couldn't think of. If Jason Jason Jordan's mixed race, isn't he? I was trying to think who the, who yeah, the, who one of the, who the mother could be. Um, I don't think we'll bring back like Jacqueline from the nineties or something like that, perhaps. Um, but that would be one option. But I like that one. I think that makes more sense than Corey fucking Graves, anyway. I have no idea where this is going to go, but I'm certainly interested to see to find out. On SmackDown this week, we had the big dog, the really star of the show, finally coming back from such a long time away. Rusev was back on telly. He interrupted <laughs> John Cena. 
who was also coincidentally returning, and we're getting we're getting a flag match <laughs> at Battleground because of course I mean, fucking are. SmackDown just really loves their anti-America share at the it's, moment. It's don't awful, they? isn't it? So much. It's so weird. Obviously, you know. It's fun to slag off America, as mm-hmm. we're all probably guilty of at some point, but fucking hell, lads. Cramming your show full of it. Rusev, <laughs> Owens, and Jinder, who did the same fucking promo once again. You're right, we have so much of this anti-American shit, and the, the, I would have accepted the fucking flag match on July 4th, right, whatever, have your patriotic shit, you wankers. But we didn't, we're having it at Battleground, and I'm sure it'd be a good match, because both of them are brilliant, I don't know how it'll actually be wrestling-wise with a fucking flag or whatever. But this could have been such a good opportunity to change Rusev up, make him a face. Everyone loves him. If you've seen any photos of him, he's such a don. There was a photo of him fucking mowing the lawn with a cigar in his speedos the other day. Like, he is the American hero. He came for the American dream. He bought in, and he's fucking won big. And he could so easily just be this lovable guy who's like, loves America because he came here, he got all he wanted. Big face, but no... We have to have the same old character doing the same old shit. Sigh. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rusev is a flag match veteran as well, we shouldn't forget. This isn't his first rodeo, lads. <laughs> he had one with uh, Big E a few years back, which <laughs> I remember being alright, I think. I mean, at least Rusev's back on the telly because he's class. Are you excited to see him back, uh, Chris? Most definitely, yeah. I think he's fantastic. Uh, him and Kevin Owens make Twitter worthwhile as well. Both absolutely stunning. Neville um, was really good on Twitter. Neville's Neville, yep. So I agree funny. fully. He was I in, agree like, fully. in America on July 4th. I was like, you done. <laughs> I was just going to say, you're talking about why they're bringing, shoving this all down our throat. I was just going to say, well, given uh, given we've just gone past the, the American Independence Day, I wasn't that surprised that they were they were pushing that sort of angle at this time of year. They tend to do something like that. Uh, most years. I mean, I remember Cena and Rose Rusev mainly he turned up on a fucking yeah, tank, didn't he? That, that was amazing. That was so funny. Yeah. He came out on a tank so, and Cena had this American inspiration video with fucking bald eagles and shit. Yeah, it was about 15 minutes of, of, of chest beating. I felt very passionate about America even after watching it myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, more Rusev. Absolutely more Rusev. Uh, I'd be all over that. Absolutely all over that. Yeah. By the way, there's one final thing to talk about Raw. I know we mentioned before that big cast who opened it last week. Yeah. I'd have a feeling that he might have seen John Cena at that point. I know it was a stupid idea because he'd already established his match with Rusev. But when they were talking about Big Cass establishing himself and you know the new star being on the scene and what make it to the top, I thought that would be an ideal moment to try and get someone like John Cena involved because mm-hmm. we've seen it with Kevin Owens before when he came on. He, he brings him up a level. I just had a bit of a moment where I thought it was going to happen. Clearly it didn't, and it's just me talking to right, but... It could happen. I could definitely see him doing that. He beats Big Show somebody. I do. Same again, and then I just see that comes out. I could easily see that. Mm-hmm. It's certainly interesting. Um, AJ Styles won a Battle Royal to be the number one contender at Battleground, apparently, but he only went and won at Madison Square Garden instead. Yeah, they've taken they've taken the um, the match off Battleground cards, it's apparently. It's going to get put back on, isn't it, as a rematch? You'd have thought. No, I don't think so. I think Owens has been injured or something. Yeah, it's well, not been completely cleared up yet. Well, he did get fucked up in that Money in the Bank match, so it wouldn't surprise me. I'm surprised he's yeah. still about it at the minute because he got battered. But I'm happy with this. It's kind of interesting that I, the only the the only last kind of title change in a house show I can remember is when Joe beat Balor for the NXT title, which is obviously NXT. I don't remember it at all otherwise. And it, it kind of uh, they did it with um, they did it with Nakamura as well. Joe, oh yeah, of course. But that was because it was tours in Japan and shit, wasn't it? Mm. And we got to see them on television. I don't think we saw Joe V. Finn on television, if I'm, if I'm correct. But um, this was cool. I mean, he came out on SmackDown, really selling the champ. And my God, he came out, open challenge, Cena came out. Like, they got the ref out. I thought they was going to do it. I really did think they was just going to do it like that. And that's what it was about. The crowd was going mad. That's what SmackDown should be. AJ, once this feud's finished, he really needs to do the open challenge because him wrestling just randomers could be fucking amazing he's so oh, yeah. good just imagine a random match with like Kofi and AJ and or fucking kind of Tyler Breeze or any, just random people anywhere anyone I think that could be amazing and I really hope that continues Chris most definitely yeah um, I've, I've only really been paying that much attention to Smackdown over the last sort of six to eight weeks um, and I really enjoy it like, it's really, really something nice and different um, nice is quite a bad word to say when describing something so I'll take that back uh, but it's definitely, definitely different, and, and again, more, more different we can get in this sort of a, this business, the better for me. Um, 
It's a shame, I think, that, that just to take it back a little level, that they're not going to have a rematch, just as a blow-off to the feud. Um, but I think you're right, I think it hints at Owens having a rest, because I bet he's, he's been going pretty solidly for two years, perhaps. Mm. Yeah, he's been non-stop. Yeah, I think he mm. did, needs a rest, definitely. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm just, just thinking of all the possibilities of AJ over challenge. Luke Harper v. AJ, Dillinger v. AJ, Zayn v. Eric Rowan. Well, I, no. Fucking, <laughs> there's so much possibility here that they really should utilise. I mean, if so many people on SmackDown, they're not really using that much. Fucking, they really should. Hopefully he does it, brings it back, because that's really exciting. I think the crowd, the way the crowd reacted to that, that possibility of that happening, was, I think that showed a lot. I, I, I want I want Neville's always there. Imagine just getting Neville out for a match of AJ randomly. That'd be brilliant. I want it so badly. But hey-ho, good stuff. AJ's quality. And it's just weird that the US Championship is better than the WWE Championship at the minute, because we are getting a Punjabi prison match at Battleground. Oh boy, this I can't wait for this. Can you tell? Oh, I mean, I can wait a long, long, long time for this. In fact, <laughs> um, I remember watching the first ever Punjabi prison match when I was um, eight. I think I, I believe. do as well. Actually, I, uh, think I remember. I, least, I remember it the, happening. The Big Show and the Undertaker. I've never seen it. I've generally never seen it. I have to check it out. It's not good. They've only done two of them, I believe, and they were both very, very not good. So I don't, I don't anticipate Randy and Jinder to break the streak. The best bit that. I've ever seen from on those when Batista and Great Carly had one, and Batista jumped yeah. from one of the cages to the other. That's bad. That was cool. Yeah, there is cool stuff you can do with it, but just I mean, the the design of the map just tampers it so much. I think it's a cool idea ish, and I like the look of it. I think it does look brutal, but nobody can actually see anything when you watch exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah, and. It just there's two boring competitors, aren't they? Yeah, they need Randy and Jinder and the people you you want in this to make it good. You want, you know. I fucking love AJ in it. I imagine AJ would be mad oh, yeah. somehow, some some way somehow. But yeah, that's you know, Camilla won the Money in the Bank again, which I don't know if we talked about last time, but that was the right decision. We're all happy with that, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. No complaints. Good stuff. I think all their stuff's brilliant and. Oh, one thing that was amazing that's my live last week. We had a rap battle between the New Day and Usos, and that oh, was the worst. Oh yeah. And it was actually with some minor kind of cringy bits. I mean, Kofi Kingston especially. It was fucking ace. I did not expect them to cut as deep as they did. Xavier, Total Divas line, and the Roman line were really good. But I think we all know which was the best line. Keep it rated R like your boy Xavier Woods. I think every adult in the crowd who was like a bit kind of dozy at this point all went, ah, they did it. I mean, in the aftermath, Alberto Will Patron has called out Triple H on Twitter once again, said, put an address of where he'd be and offered him a fight, and then got arrested or kind of cautioned or kind of detained or whatever for the um, um, battery, however it was, at an airport with Paige, which. She, I would pay. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would pay a ludicrous amount of money to see a video of the New Day and the Usos shooting on Del Rio. <laughs> shooting physically on Del, Del Rio. Five <laughs> on one. He's such, a, he's such a bell and he's a dick. He's been suspended back. Some, a story, some, yeah, yeah, some yeah, stories. Uh, I wasn't expecting some, that. Some stories have come what actually happened, and I won't go into it now, but it's uh, it's worth checking out and having a read because it doesn't really does not paint him in a very nice light at all, which. Given the fact that she's clearly a, a mentally disturbed young girl, it is it's really really weird. I mean, I'm no kind of. Just the scary thing is, I, I don't I, I don't know if we're getting into detail about this, but it's just scary to think that Paige was so quick to get onto social media to defend him I when mean, the facts are very much not of what happened. It's very like China. It's going the, the way of China, if you ask. You know, it feels yeah. like that sort of ostracization within the business and you know it only going to end in one place unfortunately I think if you read her statement and I'm no expert or fucking counsellor or anything like that but it screams every possible sign ever of kind of honestly yeah I agree you know what I'm saying I won't say it but get me the fuck out of this relationship but she's not going to stay yeah it's a sad state of affairs and Alberto's a fucking moron and a knobhead but what can you do it's sad because Paige is really fucking talented as well she could be tearing up right now and it's such a shame. I know she's injured regardless, so she probably wouldn't be, but... It's she isn't at the moment. She's been cleared, I believe. Has she? Well, we'll never see her in a WWE ring again, unfortunately. And then just some quick wrapping up before we do go. Bobby Fish 
who I don't know if you are familiar with, like a Ring of Honor uh, veteran, made his debut on NXT yesterday. He got his head kicked off by yes. Tommy End, but he looked really good. He looked, he got a good pop, looking good, and that was nice. And also, I've just read just now, apparently Shelton Benjamin has signed a deal to come back, mm. which, Very I good. mean, if we're on about AJ Open Challenges, there's not a better oh place God, for him yes. to come back. I would pop yes. that motherfucker when his music comes on. I mean, I don't know if I've met... I don't know if I've mentioned it before or not, but I once very, very much embarrassed myself in uh, Tokyo Joe's in Preston's toilets with uh, Bobby Fisher who was getting ready in one of the toilet in the toilet doing his hair. They <laughs> semi pissed me asking for a selfie in the men's toilets in Tokyo Joe's, uh, which he said no. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, big fan of Bobby Fisher ever since. It's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, Benjamin, absolutely agree. You excited with Benjamin, Chris? Yeah, he's he's one from the very very tail end of when I finished watching it to now, um, but you know. With the likes of Joe um, and Finn, the indie people, and Benjamin coming as well. Even Rhino, too, he came back NXT first, didn't he, as a, mm-hmm. to help out, and uh, it's come on from there. So who knows? Who knows where it might end up? But uh, yeah, good move. Looking forward to seeing what he does. And just a final thing. Adam, oh, sorry, no one thing. Um, I, I would love, love, love to see um, Adam Cole turn up there as well. I think that would be a very, very interesting one if that was to happen, which it I've read is fairly rumoured. As. Uh, Want someone else who debuted last night at NXT, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Has he actually is, debuted? Yeah, he faced Alistair Black last night. Is um, O'Reilly is one of the best ones I've ever seen live. O'Reilly's class. I've Without seen, question, absolutely that. superb. Uh, again, it was at Preston when he was part of Red Dragon with, yeah. with Bobby Fish. Um, yeah, absolutely superb. I, I hope they put Fish and uh, O'Reilly together because they need mm-hmm. tag teams big time. There's a lot of cool single guys in NXT at the minute. NXT is really good at the minute. It's really, really good. It's, brilliant and I tell you what I saw Adam Cole in Sheffield against Will Ospreay very good can't wait to see mm. him there, there as well and um, just a final thing speaking of incomings the May Young Classic begins in August 26th I believe and they have literally scurried the earth and mainly the UK for literally every amazing woman wrestler on the on this planet apart from the only one who's not got in apparently is Ginny who's really good on the UK scene if you've not heard of her she's class Primark Princess, but all, they've got Kaylee Ray from ICW, uh, Nixon Newell of everything fame, she's class, Tony Storm, Progress Champion, Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano's wife and also a very good wrestler, Mia Yim, who used to be Jade on TNA, Evie from Stardom, New Zealand, Carrie Hojo. I love Evie, Evie's yeah, fucking she's, great. She's very cute. She could take over Bailey in that kind of area, she looks, looks very similar to me. She'd be better as well. Yeah, she's class. You've got Kaya Hojo, now Kavi Sane from New Japan, or not New Japan, sorry, um, Stardom again. She is very good. And, you know, they've got other people like Kimberly in the thing and loads of good pros, Tessa Blanchard. Um, it's, are you excited for this, Joe? I mean, I can't wait. I think it's going to be class. Um, big fan of Viper. I thought you meant Tom. It's yeah. all right. Oh, threw me for a leap. <laughs> sorry, mate. I thought you were talking to me. I, I like Viper. I always seen like Viper when I've seen her live. Have they announced her yet? I know it was yeah. rumoured. She's got a name change as well. She's now called Piper Niven, which means she'll be sticking around. <laughs> to Even, yeah, yeah, they're fair play to her. Fair play to her. But yeah, looking forward to it. We'll give it a watch and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is great. I think this is definitely the injection the women's division on both brands needs because mm. they imagine they probably all, most of them will go to NXT. But most of them should get right into the main uh, main rosters because they're all amazing. Totally. Yeah, the... Uh... The, the tapings for that begin tonight, and I'm looking forward to. Oh um, shit! Are they? Oh man, I need to stay yeah. off all social media because I do not want this spoiled for me. I'll probably check out the first round spoilers, but after that, I, I probably won't. I think it's um, pretty obvious, like who the jobbers are, like the NXT yeah, kind of people. Yeah. And but the wait, is it Nixon actually not getting it then? If this is actually happening tonight, I mean, she's in Florida mm, with everyone. I'm not sure. Like I've seen plenty of photos of like her and. All the other women, and she best be. If she's not in it, it kind of gives me hope that she might just go straight to fucking one of the fingers because they're so high on it. I mean, she's absolutely amazing. And I'll tell you, another, going back to the men's quicker, another fucking, mate, they're just sweeping up all the best talent in the world. They've got um, Axel Dieter Jr. made his debut of Ring Camp fame, and fame had probably my match of the year so far with uh, the South Pacific Power Trip and Ring Camp. Keep an eye out for him, he's absolutely class, and it's just hard to keep up with all the talent they've got these days because so they're just. Fucking hoovering it all up. Yeah, they're like fucking. They're just like. It's just so weird to think. Like a few years ago, only a few years ago, WWE were just hell bent on creating all their stars internally. Like, 
<clears throat> creating WWE guys, so to speak, which is a term which I think is being there's there because they just bring in in all these just magnificent people from the Indies, mm-hmm. and it's just such a. I'm still not used to it. It just still takes me by surprise that they're doing this. But yeah, I guess this is the future now, isn't it? Definitely. And I love it. Anyway, I think that's all we have time for on this week's episode or this kind of months or times episode of Love Podomania. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Lebrusky. You can follow Chris on Twitter at 19Manning83. And you can follow Tom on Twitter at Cutter Wilson. Of course, we are under the Line of Vienna Suites umbrella, so you can follow us all on at Line of Vienna SD. And of course, you can find it all our Baltimore Wonders writings because the preseason has just kicked off again. Um, interesting stuff and whatnot on lineofviennasuite.com so if there's nothing else to say lads it's time to say goodbye so say goodbye Tom adios thank you say goodbye Chris and goodbye Chris and it's goodbye from me Salah Vienna.